Hi, this is Eddie Markham, pastor of River of Life Church, and this is our podcast. I just want to say thank you for taking the time and listening to our podcast. Hopefully you're going to be inspired and impacted by our message today. I also want to let you know what's going on here at River of Life. God has just been blessing us, and we have outgrown our facility, and the time has come for us to get into a new building. We need to get into a bigger building. So we have kicked off a building campaign this year, and we are moving forward, and God is blessing it. So we are reaching out to you, our podcast listening audience, and just want to encourage you that if you would like to participate and make a donation into our building fund, please head over to our website. It's www.rol-ag.com. And right on the homepage there is a little donate button. Click on that, follow the instructions, and just sow your seeds, sow into this ministry, and help us make this happen. I want to say thank you in advance, and I pray God continue to bless you and impact your life as you listen to the ministry at River of Life. We're in Colossians. We're doing a book study, and we're going through the book of Colossians. So go to Colossians 3. You can put a bookmark there. We will arrive there uh, in just a moment, but first I want to put a little context there and we're going to go to our first scriptures in Romans 14. Colossians chapter 2 is where we ended off, and Paul the Apostle is talking about um, celebrating different kinds of holidays and uh, festivals and so forth. And there was a, um, there was a um, controversial, if you will, uh, there was some issues that were arising as what... Um, Holidays should we participate in? And um, as Christianity began to grow, so did the diversity of the followers. You remember, you know, Christianity first began with Jesus and the the Jewish people in the New Testament, but Jesus began to talk about uh, setting the stage about telling his disciples, preparing them that the kingdom of God is for everyone, not just for the Jewish people. That's why he made statements like, I have some sheep that are not of this fold. If you read early in Jesus's teachings, you'll pick up on that. What he was doing was trying to prepare the Jewish audience for what was getting ready to happen. And that was going to be an influx of us Gentiles. Amen. If you're not a Jew, you're a Gentile. Okay. And, uh, and so that's exactly what began to happen. The first century uh, and, and the church began to just explode. And so here come different um, people groups. Uh, the Romans begin to come, uh, Greeks, uh, etc. And also they also begin to bring their festivals, their beliefs, their cultures, um, all that with them. So they begin to ask the Apostle Paul, what, is, uh, what part of our culture can we keep? Uh, what part can we not keep? What is a sin? What's not, not a sin? And in Colossians chapter 2, we ended, and I couldn't, I couldn't get into it, but in chapter 2 there, they begin to talk about how uh, many Judaizers were coming in, telling them they no longer can participate in the new moon feast because it was pagan. They couldn't participate <clears throat> in many of the festivals that they grew up in their culture celebrating. And now they were told, since you're a Christian, you got to stop all of that, and you can only participate in the Jew. Jewish feast, and so there was conflict there. And, and so this brings up a great opportunity because this is the month of October, and we have one of the greatest holidays in the Christian faith this month. It's celebrated October 30th. It's when Martin Luther pinned to the wall the 95 thesis of why we are saved and justified by faith and not by works. And oh yeah, there's that other holiday. 
And that seems to get more attention then. Seriously, Martin Luther in 1517 came out of the Catholic Church and said, I got a huge problem with the Catholic Church. Number one, they're not letting people read the Bible for themselves. And number two, we are saved by faith and not by works. And so he did nail his 95 thesis. You can go and look it up on the website. And that, he had a big beef. And that's where the Protestant Church, the Reformed Church, was then uh, broken off into the Christian Catholicism and the Protestant church, which is evangelicals, Lutherans, and then Pentecostals, the Spirit of God came and filled people with the Holy Spirit, and so the Pentecostals are over here. We're not evangelicals, we are Pentecostals. We are followers of Jesus Christ that are just full of His Spirit. Amen? You get confused on all those labels and flavors, and so anyway, so that's what October 30th is, but unfortunately we all pay attention to Halloween, and, and so, but that is a good question. People always ask, you know, what about Halloween? What about Easter? What about Christmas? Uh, since Halloween is coming, you know, people ask the questions, can, should we dress up? Can our kids dress up in, in, in clothes and in costumes? Can we get candy? Can we, uh, you know, carve pumpkins? Um, how many said that question yourself when you got saved and become a Christian or know someone that's asked you that? Amen. You can, you can lift your hands. Amen. It's okay. Well, we're going to talk about that tonight. And, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you some things of what the Bible says. So that's what Paul dealt with. I love the Bible because it has the answer to everything. It has the answers to how to live in 2018. This isn't a private book that we do on Sundays and then we don't open it the rest of the week. This is supposed to be applied to every day of our life. We're supposed to know how to handle holidays and how to handle culture when it changes. We don't run and hide. We are the light of the world. We are a city on a hill that can't be hid. Come on, somebody. So we need to have the answers to explain. It's not a time to, to run away and hide this time of year. We overcome evil with good. That's right. Amen. Amen. Thank you. And so it's all in the New Testament. This was a culture clash. People were asking, what can I do and be a Christian? Uh, they were, they, and then we're going to get here into Romans, where there were many pagan temples in the first century over in the Mediterranean coast there, and Colossians, Thessalonica, Ephesians, and, and Ephesus. And so uh, they had all these temples, and they would serve food in the temples, and they would also sell the meat that they offered up to their gods, uh, at a discounted price because they were trying to lure their community into the pagan temples. And so they would sell really good food uh, for half the price, but it was offered to an idol. And so Christians were saying, Paul, can, hey, can I, can I uh, buy that steak? I can feed my family with that steak. It's a, it's a better deal than at the market than, than Walmart down the street or uh, Walmart might have been there. I don't know. But anyway, uh, it, these prices are better. And so they were saying, Paul, can I eat that meat? Or since it was offered to an a idol, will, I, will a demon jump on me? Am I, am I going to get demon possessed if I eat of this thing? And people have the same questions today, Pastor Ready, Am I going to get demon possessed if I carve a pumpkin? Or if my kids dress up as Superman? Or, or if I get candy? So these are questions that seem to come up. And so the answer, once again, is in, found in the Word of God. So before I go to Romans 14, there's an awesome, awesome article that CBN put out, 700 Club has, and it's this guy named Elliot Watson. And I made some of these available on the back table if you want them. If, there's, if they run out before you get there, go to the website and look it up. It's uh, CBN has this, and it, it's really, really good. Let me just read 
some things about it here, and then we're going to get uh, into the Word. And then eventually we're going to get to Colossians 3, which that's where Paul is going with all of this. Okay, he's, ask, he's answering questions, and then he's identifying what is really true spiritual warfare. What is really fighting against the devil? Is it hiding from Halloween, or what is it? And you can laugh, it's okay, we're, we're not going to, okay. Anyway, anyway, this guy says, the origins of Halloween, they are Celtic in tradition, and they have to do with observing the end of summer. Listen, I first got saved, listen, I, I remember diving and reading these articles, I'd say this is 20 years ago, I remember listening to Bob Duco, he had some very good points, my pastor had some good points, I looked it up because this was an issue for me. Uh, we had, our, our daughters were very young. Uh, my, my firstborn's daughter, uh, Felicia's birthday is, is actually October 30th. That's her, my baby's birthday. So I got my first baby girl on October 30th. And in my neighborhood, October 30th was called Devil's Night. That's where I grew up. In fact, there was a strict uh, curfew that if you had to be off the streets like at 8, 9 o'clock, or you got locked up because there was so much, so much uh, mischievousness going on, and they would even burn houses. Devil's Night. I mean, remember it was Devil's Night, right? And uh, I, I think it was Mayor Archer that came to Detroit, and he was really one of the main ones that returned, that called it Angel's Night. Remember that whole thing? And, uh, and so, but for my whole life, that night was known as devious and trouble. And, and here God blesses us with one of the greatest days of my life with this beautiful baby girl. And so, and then, then we became for a Christian. So now we're like, can we celebrate the birthday? Is this, is this no longer an exciting day? Or, or are we going to let the, the evil origins of Halloween, and yes, we're going to talk about it, is that going to overshadow this beautiful time to celebrate. And you know what? I said, no, I'm not. I am going to celebrate my daughter's birthday. I'm going to celebrate my birth in Jesus Christ. And, and we ended up overcoming evil with good. And we began to make, that's one of the best times of the year for us is this month. We love the fall and then this month. Come on, somebody. And we, we do all of this. So I, I had to look into all of this as a Christian. I wanted to make sure what's the history on it. And so let me give that to you real quick. And yeah, there is some origins that happened in the, in the Druidic tradition in what is now uh, Britain and France. And it was the beginning of the Celtic year. And they believed that Sam Hain, that's the Lord of Death, that he sent evil spirits abroad to attack humans who could escape only by assuming disguises and looking like evil spirits themselves. That's where the evil costumes come from, right there. That's where it comes from. And the waning of the sun and the approach of dark winter made evil spirits rejoice and play nasty tricks. Believe it or not, most of our Halloween practices can be traced back to these old pagan rites and superstitions. But what about today? Perhaps we can still learn from history. In the 4th century, Christians attempted to co-opt the holiday by celebrating the lives of faithful Christian saints the day before Halloween. Here, Christians as far back as the 4th century begin to say, hey, what is wrong with this picture? Why do we have to hide from this holiday and hide? We need to be out there and overcome an evil with good. So since the 4th century, this, this thing has been happening, and this was a conscious attempt to provide an alternative and a refocus the day away from ghouls and goblins and ghosts, witches and other haunted experiences. Since, since that time, many Christians have decided to allow their children to dress up in more innocent costumes of pumpkins, princesses, Superman, or as a cowboy. Part of this is due to the simple reality that in today's Western culture, it is nearly impossible to avoid Halloween. 
And then he goes into the Wicca, and yes, uh, the Satan worship people do worship Satan on this night. It is still a very holy night to them. But after discovering this, what is the reasonable conclusion? As Christians, you and I are placed in this world to be a light in a world of darkness. I want you to hear this. There is no lasting benefit to ignore a holiday that exists all around us, but it also does harm to celebrate the roots of Halloween if you understand how it originated and grown over the centuries. My suggestion, and I agree with him, is simply this, parents, use this, Christian parents, use this as a teachable moment to teach our kids appropriately. And that is number one, that we need to teach our kids that there is a spiritual world. And I love how he said it, that it is filled with goodness from God and evil from Satan. He, he first said, teach your kids about there is a spiritual world out there, but you need to understand that God is good, and all the goodness comes from God. And there is evil in the world today. Sooner or later, your kids are going to find that out anyway. And so we need to have that talk and say, yeah, there are mean people. There are evil in the world. There is a spiritual world. So it's a perfect opportunity for us not to, I know some Christians have told me, I hate this time of year. I hate that day of the week. And I understand. I feel the frustration and aggravation because many don't know what to do. And you don't want your kids hating you, hating God and hating everything else. Because when you say you can't have candy, the only thing they hear is because we're Christians. And so there's a, there's a misplaced uh, frustration and tension because we haven't, sat down and leaned into them and talked to them like Paul took three chapters in, in Romans, Corinthians, and Colossians to explain how we are to act during these places. So simply have a teachable moment. Number two, that there is a spirit will, number two, that life with Christ has power over darkness. Yeah. You tell your kids, yeah, there's evil in the world today, but guess what? You serve a God who's greater than that. And greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So you don't have to be afraid of no witches and all. And yeah, there are real witches out there. There are real people that get into some very deep evil occult things. As Revelation says, Jesus said the deep things of Satan. There are deep levels of Satan. Yes, absolutely there are. And my dad is going to be sharing a little bit uh, this Friday with the youth on a story that happened to him way back in the day when he found himself at a, at a, at a particular, that he thought it was a party, but it actually was, a, was not a, a party at all. And they tried to introduce him into Satan worship, and he barely escaped with his life. And I remember that story. There are people out there that do that, and it's very real. But we need to let them know that as a born-again Christian, listen, a curse cannot come upon an obedient Christian that is living for the Lord. The Bible says no curse can attach itself, but a curse will of flight. It cannot come near Jacob. It cannot come on a sold-out, obedient believer in the Lord. Amen? Amen? So you need to understand those things. And, and then to count, and I love what he says, and then I'm going to show you some things in the Word. To, to counter the evil influence of Halloween, we need to join together and celebrate the reality of the heroic efforts of Christian saints over the over the evil in their day. Many leaders in the past, present, have fulfilled the mandate of destroying the works of the devil through their sacrificial commitment of Christ and his kingdom. Two, rather than hide in the face of evil, we should unabashedly and boldly create an alternative that is positive and uplifting, that celebrates good over evil and the triumph of God over Satan. We need to provide an environment that also makes room for heaps of fun while using the day as a teachable moment to celebrate God's protection, provision, and purposes for our life. Can you say amen? amen. 
that's exactly what we do with a harvest festival, guys. That's exactly what we do. There's going to be many. When, what is the other time of year that you're going to have complete strangers knocking on your door? So let's take advantage of it. And hey, if you want to give candy, I, hey, we're going to get into Romans here. And, and, and one thing that I want you to see here is that it really goes, and he begins to point it out, it goes on the conscience of a believer. It goes on a conscience of, of, of what you know and who you are. It, it's according to your conscience of how much you want to participate in, in things like Halloween and, or, or this time of year. We don't celebrate. It's like, it's like Easter. You know, we don't, I, I don't celebrate bunnies. I celebrate the resurrected Lord, okay? I mean, it's, you can find something wrong with every single one of our holidays. You can if you want to do that. But I, I choose to overcome evil with good. I don't celebrate Santa Claus. I celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ for Christmas. We have in my, in my years since my girls were little, we still do to this day. They are, are adult is, is before we open our gifts on Christmas morning. We have a, we read some scripture, we pray, we thank God for every gift underneath that tree, and we take communion. That's just something we do. You don't have to do that to be a Christian. You don't have to do that. This is something that we've done. I've taught it to my children when they were little that, hey, we make Jesus first and everything, and this is his birthday. And, and so same thing with uh, this time of year. It's not a time to go running away and to hide from it. So anyway, they're, they're talking to Paul about eating meat and all this. And look what chapter 14 of Romans, what he says. He starts talking about, about a conscience. He says, receive one who is weak in the faith, but not to dispute over doubtful things. He said, don't get into a big fight over things like this. For one believes he may eat all things, and he who is weak, he only eats vegetables. Let not him who eats despise him who does not eat, and let not him who, do, who does not eat judge him who eats, for God has received you. In other words, whatever, if you carve pumpkins or not, it's on your own conscience on how you do that. It's on your own conscience if you want to let your kids come to the Harvest Festival and, 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 you know, dress up as something that's, you know, innocent. But if you don't like to participate in that at all, then don't do that. Amen? Uh, this is a great time of year for kids to come to the community and say, hey, man, now we don't, and, now we don't, I'm not here. He's going to get into talking about the, the dark side and the evil side of Halloween. And no, we don't go around dressing up like demons and, and, and ghouls and death and witches because those things are real and we don't celebrate that. But listen, I have a totally clear conscience and have let my, little, my daughters dress up as little princesses. Let them dress up a, as something that's positive. Let them have fun. Let them get candy. We carve pumpkins. We drink apple cider. And we have a great time in the Lord this time of year. Amen? I even get coffee with pumpkin spice, or whatever it is. Amen? But hey, if you're, hey, listen, but Paul is getting ready to say, if you're not there yet, then I'm not going to rub that in your face and say, you're wrong and I'm right. Paul says, don't get into a big conflict about it but to respect one another where they are in their consciences. Verse 5, one person esteems one day above another, another esteems every day alike. Let each be fully convinced in his own mind. What is a conscience? A conscience is like a judge in a courtroom. A judge doesn't make laws, he simply interprets laws, and he makes decisions. And so the Bible teaches us that when it comes to some of these areas where, like, they wanted to celebrate a, a new moon. And so Colossians 2, they said, can we celebrate a new moon? It was our, our heritage, our culture. 
And Paul begins to address that matter, and he says, if you've got a clear conscience and you're not, worship, you're not participating in the ceremonies and you're not worshiping these gods and you're not worshiping these idols and you just want to go and, 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 and participate in some of the festivities without getting into the ceremonies, he said, then you can do that. Okay? I want you to go over to 1 Corinthians 8. Now, and this is when he starts talking about being sensitive to one another's conscience. Again, in chapter 8, now concerning things offered to idols, we know that we have knowledge. Knowledge puffs up, but love edifies. But if anyone thinks that he knows anything, he knows nothing, yet he, he ought to know. But if anyone loves God, this one is known by him. Therefore, concerning the eating of things offered to idols, we know that an idol is nothing. Everyone say, an idol is nothing. An idol is nothing in the world, and that there is no other God but one. For even if there are so-called gods, whether in heaven or on earth, as there are many lords, yet for us Christians there is only one God, the Father of whom are all things, and we for him, and one Lord Jesus Christ, through whom are all things and through whom we live. However, there is not in everyone that knowledge. For some with consciousness of an idol, until now they eat it as a thing offered to an idol, and their conscience become weak and defiled. But he says, but listen, food does not commend us to God, for neither if we eat nor are we any better, nor if we do not eat are we any worse. But beware lest somehow this liberty of yours become a stumbling block to those who are weak. If anyone sees you who has knowledge eating in an idol's temple, they're even asking if we can go at least into the temple. We don't want to celebrate worship in the gods, but can we eat food that's been there? He says, will not, if someone sees you and is new to the Lord, new to the faith, and if they see that, listen to what he says. He says their conscience would become destroyed. And because of your knowledge shall the weak brother perish for whom Christ died? But when thus is a sin against brethren, and would their weak conscience you sin against Christ? Therefore, if food makes my brother stumble, I will never, never again eat meat, lest I make my brother stumble. He's saying, listen, it's more important to help someone who's coming into the faith and may have these, you know, these connections with this time of year of it being very dark and all of this, and, and, and we're trying to come along with, hey, we have a harvest festival, man. You know, people are like, whoa, 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 isn't that? And they're kind of confused on it. We want to, it's our job to come alongside and respect where they may view on it. But we want to turn it around and let them know, hey, this is an opportunity for the church to show the love of Christ. We are offering everything free to the community. We are going to give a gospel message of Jesus Christ to these kids and to these people. And for many people in our church, they don't really don't go trick-or-treating or they don't go do a lot of this stuff. This is the time they get candy, and it's best to get it from the house of God than anywhere else that's out there. Amen? And if they want to dress up and have a good time, you know, let them come and do it. We're going to have Thor. We're even going to have Black Panther here. Come on, Avengers. Captain America. And they're going to have that in the paper, and you guys know. We're going to be having that at the Harvest Festival for kids to take their picture. Why? Because it's an opportunity for the church to overcome evil with good and give the gospel message. Is this okay tonight? Everybody having a, okay? No one's having a heart attack? Okay. Chapter 10. Now listen to what he says. Now he does say in chapter 10, verse 19, he says, What am I saying then? That an idol is anything? Or what is, what is offered to an idol is anything? So he's saying, okay, Pastor, you're not being very spiritual. There are actual real demons. There are real devils. There are real spirits. What about them? As I said earlier, yes, there are real evil that is out there, real demons, real spirits. Listen to what he says. Not me, but the Bible. Paul said, verse 20, rather that the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, 
they sacrifice to demons and not to God. He says, I do not want you to have fellowship with demons. How do you have fellowship with demons? Sacrificing to demons. Does everybody see that? Let's read it again in case you missed that. Rather, the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to demons and not to God. And I don't want you to have fellowship with demons. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot partake of the Lord's table and of the table of demons. Now, the Lord's table and the cup, what's he talking about? Our communion. We have ceremonies in the church to help us remind us of the, of the death of Jesus Christ. Well, in the occult and in the pagan world, they also do, they do rituals. They also do rituals. They also can get filled with evil. Do you know they can also prophesy under an inspiration of an unclean and evil spirit. If you really want to go deep, that is a real thing. And so what Paul is saying is, listen, 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 Linda, okay, I had to say it. He says, listen, if you want to buy meat, and you can read the whole chapter, but he says, if you want to buy meat because it's, it's uh, marked down half price and you can feed your whole family, and it, it was offered up to some priest, took it in the back room and did some homo jumbo over it. But you're, you are a Christian. The spirit of God is in you. And you're not afraid of him or his mumbo jumbo because the idol is nothing. You serve the living God. Paul says, go ahead and buy the meat and feed your family. But, but he says, but don't go into the ceremony. And don't participate in worshiping these uh, idols. Don't go into that because you are then partaking. In other words, don't be playing with Ouija boards. Don't get into the occult. Don't be trying to talk to dead grandma and grandpa. Come on, don't, don't try to communicate with the death because then, then you're going off into trouble because there are real demons. But then, then, you're, you're, then you're getting off into trouble. But man, if you want to have a pumpkin spice latte... And you want to carve a little pumpkin and put a cross in it. How about that? <gasps> then do it. Amen? That's what he's saying. That's what he's saying. Are you still with me? So now what is what now look at here. Now go to Colossians. Now we're getting into the message tonight. No, seriously. Now, and this, this is what I'm going with. Look at verse 23. Well, Pastor Eddie, we don't, you know, we don't want to do anything like that. And, 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 I, I, and here's, I, I know some folks that told me, you know, they don't even go to church really, but they, they don't, uh, they have some kind of a form of, of godliness and they don't, they don't live a life of a Christian life. They party, they, they go crazy, they, they, they just go nuts, but they don't let their kids get, go trick-or-treating. And I think that's the most lopsided, craziest ideology I've ever heard. I didn't say that. Watch what he says. 23, these things indeed have an appearance of wisdom in self-imposed religion, Colossians 2, 23, false humility and neglect of the body, but this is the main point, but are of no value against the indulgence of the flesh. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above. If you're a Christian, then think, seek those things that are above where Christ is sitting, the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above and not on things of the earth. Don't get, don't, don't, don't over, um, think these things. Don't get overly concerned with these trivial matters. Verse 3, for you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. That's an analogy of salvation. We've died to our old self. We are living with God. Now verse 5, therefore... Now, this is the real 
way you do spiritual warfare. This is the real way that you fight against the flesh and fight against the devil. Are you, and this is what nobody likes to talk about. They'd rather talk about not carving pumpkins and hiding and all this, but watch this. Therefore, put to death pumpkins and candy and dre- No, I'm just being silly. Look what he says. Put to death in your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanliness, passion, evil desires, covetousness, which is idolatry, which simply is, he gives a list of impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience in which you yourselves once walked. So this whole conversation is they're asking them, how far can I participate in these festivals and when is it good and not good? When is it demonic? When is it not demonic? Well, I don't want a demon to come jumping on me if I go to this feast and what is happening. And Paul says, if you have a clear conscience, then you can participate at a certain level. Don't get into worshiping these false gods. Don't get into any occult. Stay centered with Jesus as being your Lord. But the real battle is you fighting against your flesh. The real battle is not about all these other dates out here. The the real battle is, is controlling the tongue, controlling your temper, controlling your flesh. That's what that's what he's going with this whole conversation. And so sometimes, you know, I had a guy tell me that. I mean, I, I don't, you know, I let my kid participate in that. And this guy gets, but he believes in getting drunk, and it's no problem. And I said, dude, the Bible clearly says do not, drunk, do not be drunk. That's a sin. But yet, you, you do that, but you say this is a sin for your kids to get candy. And you see what I'm saying? We, we can get off balance in some of these things. I don't know. I thought I'd talk about this tonight. So far, I think you guys are okay. Yeah. Verse 7, in which you yourselves once walked when you lived with them. But now, verse 8, but now you yourselves are to put off all of these. Anger. Okay, let me back that up. He says anger in another place that the Bible says you can be angry, but sin not. So it's not a sin to be angry. It's a sin if we allow that anger to do something sinful. Jesus was angry. He ran into the church and chased out those people that were taking up the space for the Gentiles to sell doves to make money. He got mad. He made a whip. He went into the church. He was angry. So we, when he says anger, he's talking about losing your temper and hurting somebody. That is not good. Amen? That's really, that's wrong. So he says, don't be doing that. Wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Oh, boy. Hallelujah. This is real talk. Well, I'm glad I came tonight. Hallelujah. This is Bible study. This is how you grow in your faith. You learn, you find out, you say, whoa, man, I shouldn't be saying that. And so you let God help clean you up. You help, and he starts with that mouth. Right, Tyler? Tyler's a good guy. He, start, he says, clean up the mouth. You can clean up a filthy language in your mouth. Do not lie to, to one another. How many like to be lied to? Nobody likes it, right? And so he's saying, hey, man, don't be lying to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds. I love Paul. He's, he's, again, bringing the conversation back around to what real Christianity is about. It's not about how you celebrate Christmas, and it's not about Easter eggs, and, and we don't worship eggs, and bunnies don't even have eggs. That's not even, that's not even, we, we, you know what I mean? When we get, and I don't know who's this for is tonight. Maybe we'll put this on our podcast, but our, you know, River of Life, we, all, we know what we all are, and we celebrate. We already know this stuff. But this time of year, man, I've had a couple conversations, and a couple times it's come up. I'm like, oh, my gosh, are you serious? 
This is not, this is not at all what we're all about. Okay, verse 11, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave nor free, but Christ is all and in all. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on. Someone say put on. Now he begins to talk about what we need to do. And I love that. Let me just pause here for a minute. Christianity is not just about what we can't do and putting off this and putting off that. Yeah, there, there needs to be a change in our life. And I love how uh, one Bible puts it, puts it like this when it talks about clean living here. If you were invited to spend a day with somebody who you honored very much, chances are you'd probably what? You'd probably clean up. And you probably wear a pretty good clothes, set of clothes, if you're gonna, you get to go hang out with the CEO of your company, right? Why? Because it's an honor to hang out with them and you want to just give your best. Well, every Christian has been invited to hang out with God for an eternity. And so since he's saying that, he says we need to clean up some things and put on the appropriate clothes and put away the inappropriate behaviors because we're invited to hang out with the king. We're invited to hang out with the presence of God. And so, you know what? We should talk to one another like we used to and, you know, cussing people out. And maybe you cuss somebody out on the way to church tonight. Let me just tell you. You, can just, you just simply say, God, forgive me. I'm sorry. I need to stop that and admit it's wrong and then let God clean you up and then, and then stop it. That's it. You're not going to get struck with lightning. You're not going to be demon-possessed, but you need to stop it and let God clean you up, Okay. And then he says, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility. Begin to learn to be humble a little bit. Meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you all, so must do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your heart. And this is where I want to... In tonight, this is a very key verse in verse 15. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which you also were called in one body, and be thankful. And then he connects verse 16, they go together. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and in hymns. In other words, let the peace of God rule. And that Greek original word there is where we get our English word umpire. So he's saying, let the peace of God rule. What does an umpire do in baseball? He calls the shots, right? He calls it strike, strike, or, or ball, right? I'm, I'm football. You know, he's the one that calls the shot. That's what an umpire does. Well, this scripture tells us that the peace of God helps us make decisions. And sometimes they are major decisions. If you're praying about a decision, should I go there? Should I be with that person? Should I be in that relationship? Should I say that? Should I do that? Should I go for a promotion? Should I move? Should I do this? The Bible says you have a built-in umpire that can help call the shots and help you make these decisions in your life. And it's called the peace of God. Everyone say, peace of God. That's simply you pray about it. And the more you pray about it, if you feel the peace of God flood in your heart, then he's saying, go for it. But man, if you are unrest, uneasy, you have no peace. And every time you even go to pray about it, it's like a cold shower. You have no peace. You have anxiety. That's the Holy Spirit saying, strike. Strike. You hear me? Let the peace of God rule in our hearts. 
And so let's end there because I, I don't want to get into the family. Then he starts talking about the family. And I do not have five minutes to talk about the order of the family. And so that's what Colossians is of. But I wanted to tell you, kind of bring some, some balance to that. This time of year, guys, listen, I know it's Halloween and, and it, whatever that means. You know, I, I've, I've been serving the Lord 20. It'll be 21 years for me. And, uh, m- you know, my daughters are past the trick-or-treating. Well, we still go trick-or-treating, amen. No, <laughs> we, uh, but if, you've got, if you want to, you know, I, I did take my daughters when we first were Christians going trick-or-treating. And we went to a, a really good neighborhood because we heard they give good candy. How many know what I'm talking about? And so um, I, he didn't want to go trick-or-treating in my neighborhood. It was, we had to go by the police station every night, and they would actually uh, go through our candy because there were people that were not very nice. And so that's what kind of neighborhood we had. I know that's a reality. And so, but I did take my daughters, and we went with my cousin, and we went to this really nice neighborhood, and they were getting good candy. You know, and all, but a lot of the uh, – I remember being – you know, brand new, saved and everything. And it just seemed like there were people jumping out of bushes. There were people that were drunk, yelling and coffins and ah! And it was just, and my girls were like, we, I was running through there, man, getting candy. And so I said, man, there's got to be an easier way. I got my two daughters that they are scared to death when they get out of the car. And then our church told us about they're having a harvest festival. And I was like, what's a harvest festival? And they're like, this is where kids can come and get candy. And it's good, clean fun. And we also lift up Jesus. And I said, this is amazing. Why don't everybody know about this? And then I did have those people. Well, you know, we don't do any of that. You're still participating. You're still, and I was like, whoa, whoa. And I remember going through all of that. And I said, listen, one pastor came to me. He said, he said Eddie, don't lose, don't lose your mind. Don't destroy one another. He brought that verse out. Don't destroy one another over this one day. And let me just give you the, don't, don't destroy one another over this one day. Let's get it out of the way because the greatest day in history is coming called Thanksgiving. Come on, somebody. That's just right past it. But anyway, but it's not worth, it's, it's not worth getting all uptight about in that. But yeah, we know not to celebrate and get into the deep, dark side of the Halloween and and I'll just share this with you, too. We were putting decorations up for Halloween, and we had, we was putting up these skeletons. And again, I was my first year being saved, and we put up these ghosts hanging on my front porch. And I, I kind of looked at that, and I just heard in my spirit. And I, 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 believe, I believe it was the Lord, but I just heard in my spirit, and I said, listen, the only ghost you should have in your house is the Holy Ghost. Right. And, and here's my thing. If you have a, and so we took that part down, and we left the straw out. And we let our kids dress up as princesses. Now, I have girls. Your sons probably should not dress up as princesses, okay? Uh, But anyway, and it was harmless and it was fun. But listen, if you have a heart that is pure and is really wanting to seek God's wisdom, the Holy Spirit is that umpire. And that's all I can leave you. I can't follow you home and tell you what is right, what's not right, what, what to watch, what not to watch. You have an umpire built in you that will help lead you and guide you in entertainment, in what you listen to, in your relationships, and even what you want to do with this great day coming up, October 31st. You go by your conscience and by the Holy Spirit on that. Amen? They want to drag you in the woods and burn candles? I think you got a conscience that says, no, thank you on that. Amen? You don't really need the Holy Spirit there, but if you do, if you're questioning that, come see me. Amen? But, um, Other than that, man, we're going to enjoy this time of month. 
Enjoy the Lord. Enjoy the freedom of God. Enjoy the fact that you're filled with the Spirit of God. And you don't have to be afraid and run around from this, but you overcome evil with good. We just need to be an opportunity of evangelism like never before. When people are out, people are asking about the roots of Halloween. You can tell them, yeah, there is some roots that are, that are very cultish and pagan, but they are in all of our holidays. But we celebrate the positives. We celebrate life and family and what God's done in our life. And that's how we handle it in Jesus' name. Come to the Harvest Festival. Get some free candy. Ride a pony. Eat a hot dog. Meet Thor and Black Panther. And you're going to hear about Jesus and how he loves you. And he's got a plan for your life. Amen. Amen. Won't you stand with me tonight? Amen. And um, there's that article is out there. If you do want to know more about it, grab that article. Look it up. There's so many stuff flying around this time of year about it. Let's close out tonight in prayer. Father, we thank you for your presence tonight. We thank you for your word. Father, I don't, Lord, I know this is, can be serious and very sensitive with so many people as this time of year. And Father, in the spirit of what you uh, have given us through this letter of the Apostle Paul, I pray that, God, that wisdom and counsel would come and discernment would come to all of your believers, Lord. You don't want any of us participating in, in, in anything that's demonic. But Father, you also don't want us hiding behind and regretting this time of year, Lord. But this is looking at it as an opportunity from the victor's point of view. And Father, that's what I try to get across tonight. And I pray that's in all of our hearts tonight. I pray for your peace to go with us and rule and help us rule in our lives and make these decisions that we have, even for the rest of this month. And I just pray your blessing on your people tonight, God. That as we go home and for the rest of the week, God, you'd bring us back Sunday in your presence. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. Have a great night. Amen. Thanks for listening. We trust that God has spoken to you through today's message. If you would like to know more about our church or if you would like to help support the ministry, please go to www.rol-ag.org. River of Life Assembly of God, a church of His presence, His promises, and all people.